that I'm like, if I can learn on the first throw, like imagine what other people and imagine what, you know, athletes and coordinated people mm -hmm. can do with this. Uh, I think it was the, the, the head of casting, like her boyfriend saw it. Wow. And, and he said to her, like, why is this not on your show? I don't have a job for you, but why is this not on your show? So they, they reached out to us and it was, it was interesting, like the timing was, was fascinating. Hello again, welcome back to the Future of the Fairway podcast. I'm your host, Adam Copeland, and on today's episode, we meet the final member of the New Swarm triumvirate, John Prillage. John is president at New Swarm, and we spent a lot of today's conversation dis discussing Shark Tank, the episode that they're featured in, and what that experience was like for New Swarm and Fling Golf. It's a fascinating look at how those episodes get put together, the challenges they faced filming their episode during the pandemic, and a lot of the behind-the-scenes tidbits I think that you're really going to enjoy. We also talk about how John became connected with Fling Golf, as well as a few teases about the ESPN episode uh, from the New Swarm Classic, which he was key in editing and putting together. Again, we recorded this episode prior to the airing uh, of the New Swarm Classic on ESPN, so some things were still kept a bit close to the vest, but let me say that John and the team did a fantastic job making the New Swarm Classic compelling viewing for ESPN. Now, before we get into the conversation, I wanted to say thank you to those who've been leaving ratings uh, for the podcast, um, as well as for those of you who've left reviews. Um, I'm really happy to hear and receive all your ratings, reviews, and comments all of that helps get this podcast out to more listeners, and hopefully that leads to more people playing fling golf, which is why we're here. I've also heard it from a few of you that some of the audio has been a bit inconsistent or a bit too quiet. I think you'll find this audio, um, this episode, uh, to be a little bit easier to hear, but do let me know if, if, if you can or if not. We've also got a new sponsor this week, Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Thanks to listeners like you, we've hit a listen, listenership milestone and added Anchor to the sponsor list. The Virginia Fling Golf Open continues to support this podcast and is excited to share that registration for it will be open this coming week. So with that out of the way, let's get on with it. Episode three with John Prulidge starts now. Really interested to find out uh, more about your background, John, about how you... Um, what you were doing uh, prior to finding Fling Golf, um, how you got involved, um, as well as like I've asked everybody else, you know, what uh, what are your hopes and dreams for uh, where we go from here? So um, I'll turn it over to you to just give a brief introduction of yourself, uh, and then we'll get into sure, the sure. Uh, yeah, so John Perlage, uh president of New Swarm Sports, also known as the creators of Fling Golf. Um, yeah, so I, 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 in terms of my background and coming to, to uh, Fling off since I was uh, sort of of the three of us, the three core uh, members, sort of the, the third to join. But uh, hopefully it's not too long an answer because I'll, I'll go into some deep background here. No, that's fine. But uh, yeah, so so way back when in a, in a really former life or maybe a couple lives ago, I was uh, actually a corporate lawyer. Um, so that was my sort of original, original career, original training. Um, but that goes back, I mean, my gosh, 20 years ago. And um, so relatively, you know, practiced for a number of years, but then, you know, then realized I, 
it was just not practicing in a big law firm. It was a fantastic law firm. It was everything was great on paper, except it was not really it's not driving me. It wasn't it, you know something I was really passionate about, and so really then I you know pivoted to um, got interested in startups and you know generally technology startups, and it was. Um, uh, I was actually living in New York, um, moved mm -hmm. back to Boston where I'd gone to, to school and then um, uh, joined up with a startup there. And actually over the last, uh, until Flingoff, a couple startups, um, we had successful exits. They were in the, uh, the ad tech, the TV ad tech space. Okay. Um, one of them, uh, a company called Navic Networks that we, we sold to, uh, to Microsoft um uh several years ago and then a, another one um that we sold to uh um uh tivo um okay. so yeah so it was it was that sort of got me the the startup bug and the entrepreneurial bug mm -hmm. and um uh you know learned a lot there i mean i've always had this sort of legal background but it was it was really um uh getting into the business the finance side of things the growing a business Mm -hmm. All of that was the what I really became passionate about, and you know you never you never lose your legal training, but you know you don't. <laughs> I, I don't use it very much anymore, which is, which is <laughs> probably a good thing. Like it's there if I need it, but I don't. You know, you it's go. not you know it's not my daily job by any stretch of the imagination. It hasn't been for, for a long time. Do uh, do any of the uh, trademark or copyright things fall to you, or uh, is that outsourced? I mean, we, we, the IP stuff, we definitely like outsource, um, the legal work, mm -hmm. but, um, so I would say, cause the kind of stuff that I did when I practiced, it was more corporate and, uh, financial stuff. Okay. Um, so, um, certainly any of the corporate stuff, certainly any of the contractual, contractual or transactional stuff, that stuff is, you know, sort of still second nature to me, mm -hmm. but then the IP stuff, which when I practiced, I, had nothing to do with that. I've learned more about IP law just actually being associated with startups because okay. that's an actually a very important thing, especially um, certainly like the tech ones. It's very important, and but even you know product company, you know, different things become um, very important. Trademark stuff is is really important. So um, you know certainly you know we've got a law firm that handles that, but mm -hmm. uh, but I'm the uh, Point person, so to speak, that uh, <laughs> naturally lands on my uh, on my plate. <laughs> right. So you were doing some uh, some startups. You were in the Boston area. How did you find out about uh, Fleet Golf? So we had yeah. So the so the last company after we had sold that Tivo, I'd worked there for sort of a number of years um, post acquisition, but then that was sort of winding down, and I was really looking for my next my next you know adventure. Um, at that point I was, this was probably, I, would, I don't want to say the furthest thing from my mind, mm -hmm. but it was, it was not the kind of company I was looking for. And it was really, and I was thinking even, you know, you know, maybe I wasn't sure if I wanted to start a, a company from scratch, do that again. Cause that's a whole, you know, a whole nother endeavor. And I was thinking, you know, maybe it's actually potentially, you know, purchasing a company. Maybe it's not so much mm -hmm. a tech oriented it's more of a you know bricks and mortar kind of company anyways i was looking really far afield um like all over the place and, and certainly taking my time because it was <laughs> it's a good way to enjoy life as well sure. and 
And then I was a uh, uh, mutual friend of uh, Alex's and, and mine um, turned me on to fling off. And he, you know, he knew that I was sort of looking for something else and potentially something to invest in. And um, yeah, he called me up one day and he's, he's like, have you ever heard of, you know, he's like, I know you're looking for something. I've, I've got a, a couple companies you may want to, uh, you know, think about. And, you know, so first one out of the gate, he's like, he's like, have you ever heard of fling off? And I'm thinking like, Oh, Oh my gosh, where are we, where are we going with this? <laughs> like, like, I, was like, I was looking for a sports oriented company. It was actually the conversations I'd had with this guy before. Like it, it, it was, this is the last thing he would have brought before me for something that I'd be interested in. So yeah, he, he's like, if you ever heard of fling off, I'm like, Oh God, no. And I'm, you know, if, if you, if you think about like the typical elevator pitch, right. you know, you know, to use that analogy, like I'm in the, I'm in the elevator and like my initial reaction is like, I'm pressing the button for the next floor to get off the elevator. And but he, you know, to his credit, got quickly got to the chase and he's like, he's like, well, you know, um, it's sort of like a hybrid between lacrosse and golf. Lacrosse is like the fastest growing sport, certainly among the younger population. Mm-hmm. Golf has an aging problem. Golf courses, especially public ones, are closing. And then he, he sort of said the magic word. He's like, it's sort of like snowboarding and skiing. Mm-hmm. And he sort of jammed all that into like literally like the 30 seconds before I reached the next floor. And all of a sudden, I was really intrigued. I'm like, I'm like wow, like everything, everything you just said actually makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm you know, on paper. And whereas at the beginning of the conversation, I would, would have, I would have just moved on and said, what else you got? Um, I was, I was interested. And, um, and then from there he, he, uh, you know, gave me some more background Then eventually like, you know, I met Alex and really it was met him. And then the next day we went out and played and it was one of those things like, you know, being able to do like due diligence on like a golf course is a, fabulous thing and you know and I, I think one of the things also that sold me on it personally was that i had grown up playing golf but i'm really like a hack golfer mm-hmm. and i'd really given up golf you know at this point i probably when i went out with alex i probably hadn't really played on a golf course probably 10 years mm-hmm. and the main reason is that for me like i enjoyed the game but I had to play and practice a lot just to have a passable game because yeah. I'm just I'm not naturally coordinated. And so if I really worked at the game, you know, it would be more enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, family and everything like that, and just you, you have a lot less time, yeah. my game just – it just deteriorated. And at the point where it was – it was not fun anymore. And I remember, I you know, that just – that day with with Alex, the two things that I, I, I came back with from that were first, he basically gave me a little primer, like on the first tee box of here's the motion mm-hmm. and got in the air right out of the gate. Like, oh, that's great. you know, like, and granted, like I was the master, the inventor himself was, <laughs> was, was teaching me the, like the technique. So he, he had the perfect stuff, but it was, you know, for someone like me, I'm like, you know, that I'm like, if I can learn on the first throw, like imagine what other people and imagine what, you know, athletes and coordinated people mm-hmm. can do with this. Um, and then the second thing that really struck me, which I think we hear this from a lot of players is that I forgot how much I actually enjoyed being on a golf course. Yeah. 
And because yeah. I think as my game deteriorated, that I had sort of, you know, that overshadowed how, how nice it is to be out on the course, mm-hmm. just enjoying nature. And especially for me, too, it, it was like you're with one fling stick. It's like you're you're walking and it's easy to walk. Mm-hmm. And it's really more about enjoying the sort of, you know, casual nature. It moves at a faster pace. So because of that, mm-hmm. you can slow it down a little bit to work with the other golfers out there. So you're never you're never rushed. And I, I know it's like my game got worse and I was still, you know, potentially playing with people that were, their game had gotten better. It was like, but that's the last thing you want to be is the oh, person in the foursome, slowing right, people down. Right. And you're like, and, and it's one of those, it's like the, you know, the vicious cycle because like the worse you are, the more you actually have to, you know, the more shots you have to take right. and then the more you have to rush to stay up and it gets, anyway, it, it gets worse from there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I was, you know, um, you know, to circle back to the the question, I, I I came away from that. I'm like, wow, this this, I think there's something here. And um, you know, I I continue to do. I think we like you know, in terms of like entrepreneurial dating for like <laughs> Alex and I for like two months. And uh, um, but it was you know, and I was looking at other things at the time. But I, I just sort of couldn't get out of my head. Mm-hmm. And and part of it was also that like this is so different from anything I've ever done. Um, you know, for good or for bad, but like, you know, I, I definitely throughout my career, so to speak, which has shifted a number of different times. Like, I do know that like what really keeps me passionate is actually when things change mm-hmm. and when you can do different things. And that was one of the things that, you know, going from like the practice of law to just startups in general was that you just, you wear so many different hats because you have to. Yeah. And because of that, it's like, it's sort of, you know, everybody on deck and you, you just, you do what has to get done, whether you're trained for it or not. And, you know, then you eventually grow and you start delegating that stuff, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it is a lot about the, uh, the journey, which is, which makes that interesting. And I'm like, and this was like a whole different, you know, set of things I'd, uh, I'd never, you know, encountered before but also i, I think the, the sports act like huge sports fan so that whole aspect of it and the fact that it's like it's not it's not just a company it's not just a product it's also you know it's also about growing a sport mm-hmm. and that kind of thing sort of really appealed to me as well um so you know eventually uh i i invested in it and i've been basically going into it with alex it was like i know you're looking for investors, but I'm also looking for my next thing. So this isn't just, you know, this isn't writing a check. This is, you know, I want to, I want to be running this thing with you. And he was really looking at that point for a, a business partner as well. So it was a, it was a good match. Um, and what year was that when y'all, uh, when y'all did? Uh, that would have been 20 summer into sort of fall of uh, 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So about four years now. Um, yeah. What, uh, which, what, what stick did you play with um, that first time? Do you remember? That's a good question. It was, I think it was probably a stinger, yeah. if I'm guessing, because um, the launch wasn't even called the launch then. <laughs> we had, and it was, and that was, they had just sort of, rolled that out at that point in time. It was called the, uh, the fantastic, oh. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, it was, it was, it was a branding problem too. Cause it was, 
uh, it was the, the sort of lesser cost because it was you know um, composite material, so it, it was it was trying to get a um, you know options for people, but it wasn't the full carbon fiber one. And then, um, but then the branding problem was people wanted to keep calling it the uh, the Fantastic, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> the way we capitalize the F, we capitalize the S, yeah. and. Uh, uh, you'd be shocked at the number of people that still um, we used to like in the ballistic. We used to capitalize the the B and the S, uh -huh. and now we don't capitalize the S because people always come back. Well, what about this bally stick? And I'm like, okay, we're just <laughs> we maybe have to get away with with having stick in every oh, one of the names. Wow, wow. things yeah, things I would have so, never considered uh, having to. Or I'm sure you know. Do we have to capitalize a letter or not uh, to get the right pronunciation? Oh, and that's, and that's an interesting thing for me, just, you know, background, like that, a product background, and even with like the tech startups I was involved with, it was, it's really B to C, and it wasn't, there wasn't as much, it was focused more on the customer and not so much the branding. Oh, okay. But like, mm -hmm. so this, like, it's a whole new game, has been a whole new game for me, like how much you have to, you know, the, the, you know, the discussions we'll have are like, I can't believe we've just spent the last hour and a half talking about <laughs> it. Like, 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 like whether you capitalize a letter or not, right, or, right. you know, color schemes or things <laughs> like that. So, uh, you know, and then we're like, you know, it's amazing how much thought goes into some of this, these decisions that no one will ever notice or n know otherwise. Right. Um, but, but then other times you're sort of like, well, we probably should have spent more time talking about that. <laughs> we, may, we may have to pivot that. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. The Future of the Fairway podcast is brought to you by the Virginia Fling Golf Open, hosted in Harrisonburg, Virginia, October 21st through 23rd. One weekend, two courses, singles play, team play, skills challenge. If you participated in the New Swarm Classic, you know how much fun it is to be around this community of fling golfers and compete against each other. If you didn't get the chance to make it to Lewis, Delaware, this is a great opportunity to test your skills and game against the top fling golfers this time in Virginia. Registration is just around the corner for this October event. Go to flingvalley.squarespace.com to find out more information. That's flingvalley.squarespace.com to find out more information and add yourself to the mailing list for the Virginia Fling Golf Open. And now back to the future of the Fairway podcast. So, um, so you came on in, uh, yeah, summer fall of 2018. Um, I, I found out that uh, really interesting that um, Shark Tank, uh, somebody from Shark Tank, reached out to y'all initially, and not, you know, that wasn't something that um, that New Swarm went looking for. Yeah, the uh, the the interesting thing was, and in fact, it was it was uh, um, we had talked about this. I remember talking with friends as well, but we'd certainly talked internally of, um, you know, a lot of people like their reaction when they when they found out about the product. They're like, "Well, when are you guys going to be on Shark Tank?" Mm -hmm. And you sort of laugh it off. And and, yeah. and the joke was always that we when we told the people at Shark Tank, like if we had a if we had a dime for everybody that told us we should be on Shark Tank, like we wouldn't have to go on Shark Tank. <laughs> we wouldn't need to raise money. But uh, um, yeah, so I, and I think we had, it was sort of in the back of our head, but 
at that point, Shark Tank had gotten sort of so big that it was like it was sort of daunting knowing because, you know, you would hear the stories of it's sort of a it's a process, mm-hmm. a two year process. And um, it's almost like, you know, we sort of want things now. I think what we didn't realize is all of that is true, mm-hmm. but that um, they have these sort of like three the three routes to get on Shark Tank. The first is like you can you know go to the website and send them like unsolicited and like like that's like the they get a lot of applications that way. That's really hard. Like you're you're starting at ground zero right there. Like just to get someone's attention there is hard. Like they look at everything, but they they may spend ten seconds, thirty seconds, who knows what to go through all those because um, you know I think it's like forty thousand people or something like a year like might apply. And then the next thing is that they have these, it's a little bit like, I don't they probably don't even do it anymore, or it's like the American Idol thing they did okay. you know, five, 10 years ago, where they'd have these like regional little things, like the, the competitions that would feed into the main thing. So they would have these regional pitch shows and every, this is all obviously all pre-pandemic, where you go to the local, you know, for big cities convention center and you they have a bunch of shark tank um casting and producers there and you get like you you stand in line and then you get two minutes to pitch and they let you know at that point like you know no maybe you'll hear from us or we'll definitely you know take you to the next Mm -hmm. round and then and that all all this stuff happens like you know a year to 18 months before the actual like for that actual season and then you have the third, which is where we got in, which is actually the the casting people are always um, looking for interesting companies that somehow come on their radar. And sure enough, like uh, I think it was the, the the head of casting, like her boyfriend saw it, wow. and and he said to her, like, "Why is this not on your show?" <laughs> I'm not a big job for you, but why is this not on your show? So they, they reached out to us and it was, it was interesting. Like the timing was, was fascinating because it was, yeah, I remember this, the last week of February, 2020. Oh, wow. And the, not only that, and this is, this is before, like, it was daunting to begin with because she's like, the deadline is, and she's like, I don't want to put any pressure, but like the deadline that we need your initial like application in, which is not, you know, not a small thing to fill out. Plus your sort of initial demo tape is you've got to record, like we need that in, in basically about two weeks. We need it by like March 11th. And we're like, okay, that's crazy. And meanwhile, we have, we have this travel going on. And then on top of that, like the world completely changed, like, you know, a week and a half later. And right as this, the whole thing was, was going down, um, so it, it led to, to, it was just, it was, the whole process was just surreal, but then this had, it had this other level of, you know, uh, added on top of that where I remember like, so we got the thing in and I even remember it cause it was, it was funny. The, uh, we sent in our, our, our demo and cause we had, we, we were traveling and it was like, we were tied on time to begin with. So we did this, we went out to this golf course to record this quick mm-hmm. demo. And I remember like Al and I did it, Steve's filming us and it's, it's March in around Boston and oh not, maybe it was NFL, I mean, it's, it's cold out. The wind is howling. <laughs> it, the thing is, it's, it's awful. I remember we, we, we sent it in and I remember the next day I'm like talking to Al, I'm like, we got to tell her that we can, we can do better than that. <laughs> and I remember just sending her an email. 
so right before the pandemic stuff happened, it was sort of like, um, hey, we're, we're traveling, we're going to be we're gonna be gone for a week, and like, we can do better than this. So if you just let us turn something in about a week, mm -hmm. like, it, it'll be better. Like, just ignore you saw <laughs> that. And her quick response was, was like, I, I think that's a good idea. And uh, that's totally good. And then, of course, like the pandemic started going down and, and you know, eventually they came back with like, you know, we don't even know the timing of this thing right now, but like the, our process is still ongoing because we know we'll be back on at some point. But then, um, uh, you know, as it, as it sort of unfolded and then it became this, this process of, you know, you, it's, you have these, these gradual cuts and they, they, they keep having you refine your, your pitch but like you make the initial pitch and then you, you, you get assigned a producer and then it, it's, but then it's all this about like, you just keep redoing your, your pitch and then you find out whether you're still in it or not. And then eventually uh, you're, you're, you're down to, uh, but even then like in the background is this whole thing of like, they're like, well, we don't even know when this is going to film, where it's going to film and everything's in limbo because at this point we're, we're well into like April, May and normally they film, film it in June and they're well into sort of, you know, everybody's on lockdown, especially like, you know, Hollywood pretty yeah. much just shut down at that point. Now, are the, the studios um, that they usually film in, uh, are they in LA? Yes, okay. exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so they, for this one, they, they filmed in, uh, in Vegas. Um, and uh, which was totally, uh, um, uh, they, they basically took over like half of the Phoenician wow. hotel. So, yeah, so y'all got, um, you got notified uh, sometime, uh, it originally was supposed to be maybe a June filming if it was gonna go, uh, the pandemic threw that off. When did y'all actually find out, hey, you need to be here and, um, and were there any restrictions on, um, on who could go or how many could uh, be part of the pitch? Um, were there any things like that because of the pandemic that uh, made it just even more complicated? Oh yeah, no, I mean, there are a, a ton of things. I mean, it, it was, they had, yeah, so they sort of, you know, in April and May, they were sort of like, we don't know when this is gonna happen. We, we're, we know for certain it won't be filming in June. Um, we are still hoping we can film at some point over the summer. Um, so that we can have new episodes when the season premieres, you know, more likely instead of end of September, more likely sometime in October, mm -hmm. but like we're trying to, but we're working on it like TBD. So the process still is unfolding. And once again, you have this sort of like, you're continuing to send them revised pitches and they continue to come back with, you're still in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but not being exact of sort of like, well, we narrowed the pool down to this, but you, you knew it was like the closer you got to the summer that it was, that it was going to be, uh, um, that you, your, your odds of actually taping when, you know, whenever that may be, were, were probably pretty good. Um, so that it wasn't, but I think, you know, I think early on they sort of became very clear that like, there are going to be a lot more restrictions on this. Like, like it's, it's one of those things, like you can just have two people like that's, that's okay. it. You can't have, yeah, like we would have ideally had, you know, you know, other people up there, certainly mm -hmm. like Steve mm -hmm. up there, or maybe, you know, one of his kids mm -hmm. up there, like demonstrating the yeah. product or, 
you know, it was one of those things like the less they see of Al and I probably the better <laughs> products. So let's get other people demonstrating this thing. But it then earlier on it was it was pretty clear that like no, it's 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 two and you can't have like um, it's very restrictive. Like you've had they'd times in the past where they'd have like, you know, they'd have crowd of people mm -hmm. up there. Uh, uh, at least in the, the demonstration portion of it. Um, so, uh, um, you know, so that was definitely a restriction. And then, and then what came down to, you know, what you could, how the, how they getting the location and then the quarantining restrictions oh, yeah. and yeah. things like that. Like it was, cause you, you pretty much had to be in, I think the, I think the story was, um, that we had heard and, and they came out and, and, and publicly said was that the reason they picked one of the reasons they picked Vegas was they were looking at it and this is sort of where Mark Cuban got involved that they were going to remember when they did the the uh, the bubble for the right, NBA right. yeah um, Orlando they ended up doing it in Miami but I think they were looking at at Vegas and Miami as the two potential sort of bubble locations because mm -hmm. they would have just had a bunch of hotels and amenities and things like that. And when they, once they picked Miami, Cuban started thinking of Vegas as a good one for a Shark Tank bubble. So um, they were able to, you know, strike the deal with uh, the Venetian and everything like that. And but you were you were really like in a bubble. And um, although I <laughs> I will say from a from an entrepreneur from a you know the the uh, uh, going into the tank like. For us, the bubble was definitely not like the NBA bubble. Like, <laughs> it was not a, you know, a you had the run of the place. It was it was anything but because it was it was almost like there was there were like the two bubbles, the bubble within the bubble, which is you know you had other people because they're constantly sort of mm -hmm, taping mm -hmm. segments. So you've got a bunch of entrepreneurs. You had like no, you had no interaction with any of the other. Um, companies that were that mm -hmm. were taping and you until the actual day that you taped and another thing like we never we didn't even see the stage oh, until wow. a half an hour before we went in like we had to do our dry runs and things like that which normally you would do those on the actual shark tank stage like you had to do those remotely so they were i mean they they took every precaution that they possibly could have. And, and I say that in a good way. Like they, what they did just from a production standpoint, I think was, was really amazing. And, and they were one of the first, if not the first sort of reality um, programs, I think to actually go into production. Um, because I don't, I'm trying to think other than like sports related stuff that all had bubbles. I don't think I'm sure like you got like so much has happened in the last two years. But I'm trying to like the, the fact that they were only their rollout for the the 2021. Um, I'm sorry, the 2020, the fall 2020 se season was only like two or three weeks later than they normally did it. Um, was was really amazing. It was it was to, to all the work. I mean, they they basically had they had to you know relocate their every their Hollywood studio and everything they had sort of you know. The whole army of people mm -hmm. they had with that mm -hmm. uh, up to Vegas, which is no small feat. And and meanwhile, like they had they had to do this in a way that uh, uh, you know to keep the other half of the hotel, which was cordoned sure. off and everything. 
but completely oblivious to the fact that Shark Tank is going to be, you know, for, you know, uh, a, a month in uh, late July and August. So how many days were you uh, actually in Vegas uh, for that? And then within those days... We were there for... What was the amount of time that you filmed? Uh, about... Yeah, it was about... I think it was 10 days, either 10 or 11, if you include, like, okay. the travel days. And it was... But it was, like, the... You, you left the day after you mm-hmm. taped. So it was really... It was quarantining for 10 days before okay. you taped. And then... Uh, and then you're out of there. Um, so it was, and it was like, you know, and once again, like no slight to the the production because they had to do what they had to do. And the only way that this was going to work is if the quarantine was like, they're very clear that like you break quarantine and like you're, you're going home. And oh, by the way, we have, you know, no shortage of, it's not like they're sure, threatening sure. or anything like that, but I'm sure like you're, you know, the, the undertone is like, we have no shortage of companies that would gladly take your place in a, in a heartbeat and are on speed dial because, you know, they've, whoever got cut the last round, they're going to insert them the minute someone if they're not following rules. So you were pretty much in the quarantine. You were pretty much, you know, in your hotel room the entire time. Um, no, no contact. So the good news is that, you know, and I think it really, it definitely, definitely, I know personally it helped me, but your it gave you that sort of block of time lead up to really prepare. I mean, we've done a lot to prepare, but the amount of preparation we did in those 10 days when we were in our hotel room was it's really all you can do because like you, you've got stuff to, you know, you've got business stuff to work on, but there's only so much you can do remotely. Um, but, you know, and it's not like you're just, you know, sitting in your hotel room watching TV because, like, the minute you start doing that, your, your thoughts start drifting. And, um, like, thinking about, like, what you can do to prepare. And so you're sort of, you know, you know, constantly sort of, you know, eating and sleeping and, you know, drinking, like, Shark Tank yeah. and like, how am I going to be like, you know, what, are the, what questions are coming up? And it's almost like we had this, like, I want to say, like, we sort of created this, like, it's almost like this dossier of like mm-hmm. answers to like, you know, right. potential questions. But, like, I think the thing was like, by the time we got to our taping date, it was like, four years. and all of like, we had, we had had answers that questions, they didn't even come like close mm-hmm. to asking us, even though, you know, you're in there for, we were in there for like, you know, 50 minutes an hour and so then you know there's it's a, it's a long yeah. conversation but like so much stuff they didn't even touch on that we were we were prepared as so it was good and there's also this sort of like caged beast uh-huh. kind of thing where like by the day of it like i mean it's it's certainly like it is a very nerve-wracking experience <laughs> and which right. they want it that way but it's also i think it helped the fact that like cooped up for 10 days it's sort of like okay, like now I, I sort of want, I want to get this thing over with. And, you know, we've got, I, we've got, you know, maybe sort of chips on our shoulders a little bit, like ready to go. Like, you know, I, I'm hungry now, so let's, let's go. And uh, um, I think, I think that helped because it was, it was, it was one of those things where it's like you, you had nothing but, you know, the opportunity to think about what was going to happen. And uh, it's just funny to think the thoughts that go through your head, like, um, I, I remember like 
as you're going through that, that sort of gradual winnowing it down, you're sort of like, you know, we felt really optimistic about getting to be able to go into the tank because we just felt like we have such a unique product and it's going to make for, for good television. And then, but then you start thinking like, I remember one of the things that I'd done is like, cause I, you know, I'd see the show, but I, I wouldn't have described myself as like Shark Tank junkie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before, uh, uh, you know, we were in there. And so like, I remember like that, like leading up to once we were pretty sure we were going to be on, then we were certainly sure we were, we were going to be on, which was about two months prior to going out there. Um, I started watching a lot of, mm -hmm. um, I'd watch them like during the day. And I remember like, I'd be like, okay, you know, lunchtime, I'm going to like, you know, um, cause at that point, like we're, they just had the pandemic. So it's all remote. So I'm in my house and I'm like, okay, when I have lunch, I'm going to watch, you know, uh, you know, hour and a half, two mm -hmm. hours of Shark Tank, Tank episodes. I probably would get through like 45 minutes and be like, I've totally lost my appetite. <laughs> like you see, I mean, you see these companies, you'd be like, wow, they're so much further yeah, along yeah. financially than we are. Or it's sort of like, wow, they're getting beaten up. I'm like, what are, what's going to happen to us? And then you start getting this thing in the back of your head. You're like, I think we're going to be on the show. But like, are we on the show because we're like the comic right, relief? Right, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, show, like you can tell like every three or four episodes, it's like one of the companies is sort of there. It's like, because it's just yeah, so ridiculous. And yeah, has yeah. no chance of not doing it. Right, because it's going to make Here's great the for the sharks. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm like, are we are we going to be that? Are we that couple? I'm like, maybe that's the that's the role we're playing. It's sort of like, well, it's it's too late now. You're, we're, we're that train's on the tracks. Did y'all know? Um, did y'all know but, which you know, shows, uh, you would be pitching to at any point, or when did that? Did, was that a surprise when you walked through the door, or was, was there a heads up? You know, you do you do know ahead of time, but not very far um, ahead. Like you. You, uh, um, it's really like a matter of like days, and even then, even then, it's it's always like with the, um, but there's the chance that I could change, and and a lot of it's for them that they're doing a bunch of stuff back to back, so they know you're sort of given an idea of a day, and they think for that day it's just you know these specific five sharks, and maybe it's a guest shark, and and and, um, but they at any moment they could be like, well. You're going to be at the end of the day. Now you got to be the following day. So now your your yeah. cast changes. So they sort of give it to you, but they're like, you know, it doesn't. You know, we're not trying to. Um, it's nothing set in stone. So you you know you, you you sort of have a good idea, but you don't know until you really get that call time. And then even then, it's like for all you know, yeah, like you could show up on. Like we have like a morning taping, and like someone's like, yeah, exactly. Someone's mm -hmm. like sick, and then that shark's not there, and they mm -hmm. fill in with somebody else. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that, the whole process is interesting and they have to do it this way. So it's like, but it's always like, you know, right now it's looking like, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to be on, like, we've got you slotted, but that could change. Like once you like know, like when your episode's going to air, it's like, yeah. well, but so that could change. Like, you film, you know, something you, could happen. You go through 10 days of quarantine, you film, you have to leave the next day. Um, you don't even know then if you're going to make it to a show, uh, right? And then, and no, and they don't even like. There's a there's a segment that tape and then don't ever actually make it on air, which that's that's got that's got to be tough. And 
Um, you know, and that's, and that's sort of part of it, which is like you, you know, going in that, you know, you, you want to make it, um, you know, getting a deal helps you increase your chances of error and being, you know, you know, good or bad and entertaining is, is part of it too. And for someone who's, you know, it's not neither Al or I are natural entertainers. I think there's some people that are sort of like, yeah, if, if the camera's in front of me, like this is going on TV because right. there's no way they're not putting it on TV. Like that wasn't, we had a product that was, that was good for TV, but it wasn't necessarily like the two of us were, you know, the most, uh, um, Hollywood ready, so to speak. Um, unlike, so, unlike some of the players yeah, so you definitely to see at the tournament, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we're trying to, in fact, that's, uh, uh we're, we're certainly trying to focus the, uh, the attention now on the, on the players because they're, they're the, uh, they're the characters and they're the personalities that are really going to, uh, yeah. going to grow the sport. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a, I don't want to say hurry up and wait kind of thing, but it's, it's really a, uh, um, it's not official until it's, mm -hmm. it's official and, and, you know, anything can happen and, and they already, they're, they're really good about it. Like they, they're, it's, it's always like, they're always couched with, you can't make any guarantees sure. you get it. Yeah. Like it's not, they're, they're not being mm -hmm. capricious about anything. It's just more mm -hmm. like, they just don't know what's going to happen. And I, and I think in the past they've had things where like, there could be some world event. There could be some Absolutely. breaking news story that does somehow reflects negatively upon a, on a mm -hmm. product or something like that, where all of a sudden it's like, we can't air this now. We were going to air it now, but we had to wait six to eight months. Um, so you so, filmed in August. It, uh, it and then you showed up and premiered in May of the next year. Do you remember? May, that, that's right. We all were yeah. notified that, all right, this and is happening. We... It was without, once again, like without setting anything in stone, it was, they were pretty good about sort of keeping us in the loop, but, but without any guarantees. And it was sort of like things still sort of looked good, but I think it, we quickly, like we had to be prepared for, it's a little daunting, it's like we had to be prepared for it to air as early as like early October. And this is just after filming in like, you know, mid August. And so then it was like, cause you gotta get, there was a, like a lot of work to do to get everything sort of completely ready for prime time. Um, and, you know, I, I will say like retrospect, thank, thank, thank God we didn't like <laughs> air in early October because I, <laughs> we were a lot more prepared in May than we were in, in early October. And, um, and for us too, it was also one of those things like, we're like, I know, like we don't control it. And the other day we just want to air, but like, we're like, we really don't want to air in like, mm -hmm. January. Like, like, which is, you know, for us, it's like, that's the, um, I don't, it's not the, it's not the low season so much. Cause there might be some mm -hmm. like stuff for the golf courses and more the, the corporate stuff. But like at that point, like holiday season's over we're trying to appeal more towards players for this. And like most of the country is right. not going out on a golf course. Um, so, you know, once again, their credit and, mm -hmm. you know, they take it all under advisement and they did us a total solid by hearing us, you know, towards the end of the season in May, yeah. like yeah. perfect. And so, but yeah, but what they say up front is like, you know, you'll, you'll usually get, uh, you know, 
at least two weeks notice. And, but I feel like we got probably a, a little more than that. Like they were good and they were, they were sort of like, you know, like it's, it's a, um, uh, and for us, I think it was like, and you're also doing like behind the scenes, you're doing all this like math. Of, like, so for us, it was because Daniel Lebetsky obviously was, mm-hmm. was a guest shark. You knew that he's generally going to be spaced out throughout the season. He was on. I don't know how many episodes he was on, but I think it was probably at least four that season. But you know, like he's episode, he's airing one that once he's on one of his episodes air that you're not on, that probably gets you like another month. So like once we got into like January, we're like, gosh, if we could just hold off until like April, May, that'd be perfect. And uh, no, no, and all the timing ended up being just 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 perfect. Um, and then all of a sudden, you get like the green light, and then it's like now it's real. And then- <laughs> And then, then now you're like, you know, there was like scramble mode for, for two weeks and, and uh, um, just trying to, to get every. And the other thing is like you have to, um, you know, I was going to ask this thing that, that was part of the reason I'm asking if, if you knew yeah. when it was going to uh, air because then, you know, you can't, can't tell anybody or you can only tell, tell you know, just incredibly uh, close confidential things uh, for that. But, um, that's got to be uh, just add, adds to the yeah. To no, the we we were suspense pretty, and uh, anticipation even more so. Yeah, and, I, I, and for us, that was the whole thing. It was like, and and some of this is sort of like you're you've got this like you know the circle of people that actually knew really really small, and like we we pretty much followed it to the letter, and um, you know, and I think. Uh, um, but then you have this whole circle of like, these are the people I have to like tell immediately. And then it's like, and I remember like, sort of like you're telling people like that had gotten through social media or emails or whatever. Like I just remember, remember calling people like the day off that like I, yeah. you know, I, I hadn't talked to in a while. I'm like, you know, it's it, it, like, it's because uh, um, all of a sudden it's like you go from this total secrecy until you get this like, you're scheduled mm-hmm. like two weeks or 10 day green light. And then it's like, I have to tell the world. <laughs> I have to tell as many people as quick as possible because, you know, they want, you know, they're going to be promoting the show. They want you promoting the show. And, and uh, um, so it flips on itself and it's, uh, um, you know, thankfully, that's why having that time was nice because, like, I felt like we, we pretty much had gotten everything in, in the company ready to go, mm-hmm. like plenty of inventory, Um which is good, which is no small feat. Cause like with the supply chains, like, like we had uh, stuff that we thought was going to be there a lot earlier, like was not from, you know, parts that we, you know, that we source. And it was, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a bit of a disaster. Like I, it, it could have been a, you know, real problem if we'd aired a lot, you know, significantly earlier. Than you, we and we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. And now back to the future of the Fairway podcast. But was there any nervousness or anything else that you thought? Uh, yeah, I'm sure that not too much action. It, but it's interesting you say that because I remember when we came out of there, I'm like, I just remember telling Alex, I'm like, you, you know, you hit that out of the park. I'm like, where did that come from? Like, that's that was fabulous, and like, and then we definitely pointed that. I'm like, that is something that like I just felt like. You know, 
the the yeah. odds of getting on just notched it notched up right there like significantly. So I'm like, that's a line that they can right. use in a promo. That's a line that is that's that's your you know um, the, the the perfect little you know encapsulation of mm-hmm. um, of what we're all about and um, and the fact that in the way it's sort of unplayed you know right, with, right. with Mr. Wonderful and uh, it was it was just the perfect response to that and. Um, so I think that was like the positive. So we had that and a few other things mm-hmm. were like, okay, that, that went really well. The, um, yeah, I mean, here's an interesting tip, but the, uh, um, it went fine and in the actual demonstration with Daniel, but like, that was definitely a, um, uh, oh, yeah. we're not sure. I mean, this is one of those things like we tell like anyone can in minutes and it's like, you know, getting him to get the ball airborne and like, not to mention like he's wearing, you know, he's not, he's just not wearing athletic clothes and he's, you know, he's got nice shoes on. And, and, but, uh, um, and, and the funny thing is like, we were, we ended up actually, I don't know if it was clear on, on TV or not. Like we weren't, we were using foam balls. Um, but we were, we were going to use actual golf balls into a net up until oh. a half an hour wow. before. Which I actually couldn't believe. Like we had said early on, like we're probably gonna have to like, <laughs> you have a nice set. Yeah, it's one of like one of us doing it, a demonstration yeah. or so someone that's experienced doing it, okay, you could probably use a, a golf ball and you can be very calm it's gonna get in a net. But you're basically you're without a net, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, pun intended, when you're bringing someone who's never held one before. And um so, so the last minute, I think someone like connected the dots and was sort of like, <laughs> "Yeah, we can't use actual golf balls. Like, we, we, uh-huh. we brought plenty of foam golf balls. We're all good." Like, it's, um, so that like going into like before the day, that was definitely something we we're nervous about. Like, you know, this is, this is how is this going to go? Because uh, you know, we're we're definitely like tagging the fact that you can, you know, you learn this in minutes. Um, so, uh, so that that went off very well. So we were, we were psyched about that. You know, there's a few other things business wise, and then like, you know, you sort of have to, you know, a couple of things. I'm sort of glad they didn't they didn't mention, um, which would have been, you know, uh, sort of not not important to the story anyway. It would, it would have distracted from from the story. So I, I think it was it was good that they they didn't mention them. Um, I think. Some of the stuff, the some of the negative stuff, like we knew they were going because we knew it was going to make good TV, and it, it's um, you don't uh, uh, you don't know, but that's the interesting thing. Like you don't know how they're going to cut it until everyone else does because we didn't we, they don't show us an advance copy of it. Like they, you're basically watching it. So when we were watching it when it aired, like we were <laughs> we knew everything that got on. We knew we knew, we knew all the ingredients. But we did not know. We knew the, the end result, but we did not know how um, it was uh, uh, it was going to all be put together. So that was that was interesting to watch. And you know, I, I think they I think they did a really good job. And I, I think the thing you also come away with is like that that eight or nine minutes you had is like mm-hmm. it's just really it's really quick. And so they've got to like cut things and like they certainly like cut like you know. There was much more back and forth in terms of like offers and counter offers, and they cut, you know, they they cut a bunch of that. Um, 
So, uh, but yeah, I, I think they did. I think they did a good job. And, I, and here's an interesting thing, like because people will always say, like, they really not know about like mm -hmm. the company, like going into it, like, and no, like they they don't. And the main reason I know that is because, like, and the, this stuff obviously for good reason gets edited out. But like, they're uh, you know they're 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 asking questions where sometimes you might be like mm -hmm. maybe like 15, 20 minutes into it and they're asking you a question which is like, well, if you actually had like a dossier on this thing before and you never would have asked that question because it's like a basic question and we actually covered it another way like ten minutes before then. But which is, but you know, it's like you're going into anything like, you know, cold. Like you may not take in everything, and so certain things you have to clarify like halfway through that you would have thought would have been clear from the beginning. So it's the questions they ask made me think like, yeah, no, nobody was nobody was prepped on this, and um, like they're they're shooting from the hip in terms of their sort of you know, which is really reaction. cool because you know obviously um, they've so they they've been doing that for a bit. They they. They're smart people, um, and they're able to, uh, to do that in school. Um, let me uh, transition just a bit as we've got the last few minutes. Um, do you have a greater yeah. appreciation for the editors there? Um, now that you've been – here you've had a hand in some of the um, production for the uh, for the for, for what's going to be airing on ESPN. Uh, <laughs> for the, for the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the ESPN segment, absolutely, in fact. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great question because that I've always I, I shouldn't say always I, I'd say really like in the past like I don't know five to ten years just just the the TV filmmaking um, sort of how things get made has always sort of been um, interesting to me more just as a, as a sort of consumer but also like listening to podcasts a lot of you know filmmakers TV, like more like, mm -hmm. you know, some of your celebrity ones out there, but a lot of them bring on filmmakers and, and or actors mm -hmm. that then get into directing and then sort of understanding the, the, the editing part of that. And some of the podcasts I've listened mm -hmm. to just as sort of a fan of the, of the people or the show or whatever. And so sort of back in my mind and then going through the shark tank thing and seeing how they were going to edit that, that down and then sort of faced with a daunting, you know, challenge as we, um, as we had to sort of record this and then we, you know, hired our, uh, mm -hmm. um, the film crew and, and Bob Parker, who, who, uh, his film crew, he's just, he's, he's amazing. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. he does stuff mm -hmm. for NFL films and just, I mean, his background is just so impressive, but going into it, it was sort of like, you know, we've got to help out. And I was sort of like, personally for me, I'm like, I got to help him out as much as possible because we're, we're asking of him and, and, you know, um, is, is a lot. And, you know, thinking about this thing was like, okay, we've got, you know, it's a half hour segment, which really means like 23 minutes with the commercials. And we're trying to shove in really two mm -hmm. events that happen over two days while also giving some background on the sport. And, you know, not to mention, like, golf mm -hmm. in general um, is just a very, it's a slow-moving, and not, fling golf is, you know, different and moves at a slightly faster pace, but still, things on a golf mm -hmm. course, they move at a slower pace. I mean, like when they televise golf tournaments, it's like they're televising, yeah. you know, four to eight hours of that. And to get that all drilled down without 
but also we didn't want it to look like a, you know, just a highlight show. We wanted, you know, it to to have a sort of play-by-play, sort of a mm-hmm. uh, a live feel to uh, to parts of it, and so that whole editing thing was, and there was there was so much footage, which was great. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like so, you know, mm-hmm. we like storyboard this out before, and then that led into like how we were gonna mm-hmm. like you know run the tournament and when we were gonna do when we were gonna do things. So yeah, I mean, just you know, to answer your question, like a massive appreciation for that. And, um, but, you know, that, that process, which has been, you know, for me, um, uh, a bunch of work, I, it's been a complete labor of love though. Um, I mean, I mean, it's, uh, it's been so cool. I, mean, I was, I was joking with Alex the other day. I'm like, I've seen some of this footage so many times. Like, I think I probably, I probably know better <laughs> what actually went on than the actual, like, that were being filmed. Um, <laughs> cause certainly on like the, the news form open on the, on the on course part, like the shot for shot stuff, like I could basically recite from memory, like everybody's shot on everybody's hole on, on every hole, like in the road, uh, uh-huh. having seen everything from, from different angles. Um, but it's, uh, but it was a cool process, but it was just, it was, it was definitely like a, you know, filming on a golf course in general, if you think about it, like, mm-hmm. you know, filming like the masters, the U S open, like they have these. You know these massive like TV towers mm-hmm. where so they can like pick the ball up in flight, and some of the stuff that Rob has crewed is I mean you'll you'll see some of these like it's not on every shot but like some of the stuff where he picks up the ball in flight, and you know like no like no easy no easy task, and getting the landing spot have the camera pointed like when you don't know where that well, especially that with the, uh, it's a different so, trajectory uh, I know that yeah no, we're, with, uh, traditional golfers. Um, unless they're right behind me uh, when I'm uh, flinging from a t- or any shot, it's a different. They're having to look somewhere different to follow the ball from the fling stick to where it's going. Um, you know, my uh, a couple of folks would, you know, I exactly played eighteen rounds, eighteen holes together, and designed until the very end. They're like, oh yeah, now I can see where that's uh, how what I, what I need to be watching uh, for do that. And I, you know, you don't realize that having you know I haven't didn't play a lot of golf growing up, but um, I did a little bit. I would watch it on TV. And so there's a, you know, you kind of know what to expect from that. Um, so this was definitely different. So uh, kudos to those right. uh, to exactly. folks uh, for being able to quickly adapt uh, to that. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, and as well as I, I think, which we tried to, Mm-hmm. And there's only like so much you can you can shove into the the 23 minutes, and there's only so much you can do with the commentary, and like like it keeps me up at night. I'm like, oh, we, like because we've recorded it, I'm like, oh, I really should have made X, Y, and Z point. Like you're trying to like you know commentary, like the play the play stuff, but also like mm-hmm. you want to shove in a few things that like give people, um, mm-hmm. you know, more insight into the game. And and it's and it's funny because you like you you want to strike this balance of giving people insight to the differences between sort of fling golf and golf. But at the same time, you don't want to be too well, like on everything, this is, this is what it's all about. Cause you also want to come at it as if like you're watching the 30th, you know, fling golf tournament to be televised. And because it's got its own lingo, you don't want to like, we'll explain a few things, you know, like one time, like what something means, but we're not going to keep explaining mm-hmm. what it means. Cause like, that's the lingo. And 
so it's, it's we, you want to strike this balance of right. if you're paying attention, it's all sort of there. But if you're not paying attention, like it will still have this air of like, okay, these people are serious about the game and they have like, it's, it's not just, and I think that's what we want to come across with, which is not, this isn't taking a fling stick and it's putting it in your bag to use as another club, but everything else is mm -hmm. just the same. Absolutely. And in fact, people can do that. That's great. And a lot of people do. And certainly don't want to discourage anyone from doing that. But the game itself, when you're just using a fling stick, especially for this format, we're just using one fling stick. Like, there's different strategy aspects to it. And even with, like, I think one of the things that, that is, like, you'll take away is, like, because you, you do hear this from golfers. It's like, well, how do you put spin mm -hmm. on the ball? Well, it's, it's tough. And, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have product developments over time that will, mm -hmm. you know, allow you to put a little more spin. But that's why, like, your approach mm -hmm. shots to the green, they're harder. Like, you know, that first hole, we had a bunch of people that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, hit the green and went off the green. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, you got the, you got the low to high shot and you can master that mm -hmm. because you got to put way more trajectory loft on it, more than on a typical, you know, pitching wedge shot. That's how you hold the green. You hold the green by, you know, effectively a shot that sort of drops it there because you know it's going to move. Um, that's just, that's just that what, what may not, what may be different from golf just makes the game different. Um, you know, and I, I think that's the, um, not to segue this, but it's almost like that, that, that's the interesting thing when you're talking about people, mostly comments on, on, you know, Facebook ads and things like that. It's always like you're trying to, it's always naturally it's going to be compared to golf, but it's some of it say, well, you can't do this. And it's like, well, that's right. And yeah, well, you can drive the ball. Like people can, pros can drive the ball 300, 350 yards and you can't do that. Why would I ever, you know, change that? Well, it's, it's different. Yeah. You're going to lose distance, but you might gain accuracy. And it's also, it's just different. It's, you know, it's like to use the snowboarding and skiing analogy, like you can, you know, you can, uh, you know, yeah, there's things on skis that you might be able to, might be much harder on a snowboard. I'm not a snowboarder, so I, I don't know, but I, I think for certain things, like you're not going to be able to do the downhill at the speeds that, that, you know, a skier can do. But, you know, half pipe on a snowboard's a lot. You can do a lot more than you can do on skis, even though you can do it on skis. So it's, they're just different. And that's, that's, that's the exciting part about it. Yeah. It's people coming up with shots and things like that. Anyway, that's a it's a long-winded sort of answer. Well, I, I, but, I'll uh, say too, I think uh, the accessibility and uh, the learning curve is um, accessibility is much higher. Learning curve is much much less steep than to golf. So I, I think that there's a lot of uh, really positive analogy with the skier and snowboarders using the same slopes. Um, but I would definitely put forward that you're not going to spend three days on your butt like you're like you would if you learned to snowboard. Snowboarding, no, exactly, and that's and that's sort of the way we look at it. Is you know, it's uh, it, 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 you're trying to sort of if you compare it to a, a typical, you know, unless you're just this natural golfer, which there are a few of them out there. Like most of us, most of us are not. Um, the vast, vast majority, like we're sort of taking out mm -hmm. the, the least fun part of that, of that learning curve. And, you know, you're fast forwarding the stuff that's interesting, but I think what some people, golfers tend to, you know, the ones that react more negatively to it, they're sort of like, well, you just dumbed down the game. Well, it's like, well, no, you, you, you haven't, you, you've just, you've skipped the really hard learning curve so that you can get out 
and enjoy the golf course. But if you want to be good at this and good, you know, amongst the growing group of, of hardcore fling golfers or even just competing head to head with golfers, like you got to work on your game. It's still going to be about the short game and you're going to have to learn five other techniques that you've never used with a, you know, golf club. You've got a putting is, is, is certainly challenging and you've got to learn if you really want to be good. You've got to learn techniques on the green that don't involve putting. Um, because long putts are just even with this putting slug, they're going to be you're going to be tough, and it's never, you know, there's so much technology that's in mm -hmm. a heavy metal putter, and it has a balance that you just can't have when you have an all-in-one mm -hmm. stick. Mm -hmm. um, but there's ways around that, and that's and that's Absolutely. that I think for fling golfers, that's the fun part. Is I'm out there enjoying myself, and now I, I find new ways to you know refine the game, and that's that's the exciting part for us too. Is like, you know. We came up with, you know, and really Alex here, like basic techniques and they've, but they've, in the last two years, they've, they've grown, you know, almost exponentially. And, you know, I think more and more stuff and we're finding the rules to take into account this stuff. Like we never, we never want to be like golf rules, but we want the, we want the sport to evolve. And then I think there's just a, a, another a bunch of stuff that we'll also do outside of the course stuff as well. I mm -hmm. mean, like the longest fling shot is really just the beginning of, yeah. you know, you know, hitting targets and things like that. Because as you as you mentioned about the trajectory, like because you've got that much different trajectory, like you can you can have pinpoint accuracy on like on like hitting targets that are out there. And I think that like having competitions based around that can well, get, we're uh, we're excited uh, cool in the future. Yeah, uh, Virginia and, uh, Golf Open. Uh, we've got a we're looking at having a skills challenge component and trying to come up with what what we can do. Um, uh, with yeah. that, that's going to be fun and exciting and uh, get some people trying something. I mean, you know, longest swing is great. Closest to the pen, I think, are, are, are both really similar to um, uh, to some equivalents in, in golf. But uh, we can do some uh, really, really fun stuff uh, with um, uh, with a fling stick, I think. Well, that's, yeah, that's what we, because we, we do a lot of thinking about that, which is like, you know, not to, to belabor the, the, the snowboarding analogy, mm -hmm. but like, mm -hmm. what's, what's our half pipe? What is the thing that, you know, cause I think the interesting thing about like snowboarding skiing is like, like that was the sort of thing that was so different from, from skiing. And the fascinating thing to me, just watching, like when you usually I'll watch more, but more of that stuff when it's like on like the winter Olympics, seeing the number of things that from, mm -hmm. you know, freestyling the word of snowboarding, and the stuff like, like, you know, like the snow cross stuff that then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. worked its way back into skiing. Now you have like yeah, ski events yeah. that like they have them on the half pipe. You have them on like, like a version of like skiing, like skiers mm -hmm. could have had like a ski cross kind of event, you know, a hundred years before snowboarding was invented. And, and like, it was always out there as a thing, but the, the attitude and the, you know, um, ex experimenting with different things to make it different, to make it mm -hmm. fun. Like we want to do that also for golf. And because I think there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there. Golf is a little bit honed in by its, mm -hmm. its tradition, the, the way they've always done things. So, you know, we're the sport that can try things. And, you know, right now it's like, you know, we, we want the game tailored so it can be played on any golf course, but in the future, like there could be golf courses that, you know, are built around our game. Um, they can do different things. So, uh, um, 
the future well, is uh, is uh, definitely interesting. Really looking forward to it, uh, and appreciate uh, appreciate the time we're getting to hear uh, all that background and uh, all the um, uh, all the things around Shark Tank, which is really really great to hear. And uh, and can't wait. Right now we're recording this, and uh, we haven't uh, I haven't seen uh, the episode that's going to be airing on ESPN, but we're uh, anticipating that. Um, hopefully you'll be listening to this after that's uh, that's aired and have a chance to uh, to watch it and, uh, and help uh, to grow the game and uh, get out uh, on as many golf courses as possible. Absolutely. That's the idea. I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I love hearing behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, all the work and effort that goes into making an episode of TV, the precariousness that still exists, and that you may not get picked up for an episode. Um, I thought John and Alex did a fantastic job when they were on Shark Tank, and I'm so glad uh, that they were able to get on and uh, that that episode helped grow the sport. If you've listened this far, let me throw in a little tidbit uh, about me, um, giving you a little bit of insight into why I asked John about whether he was nervous or not about what may or may not get cut in the episode. So 10 years ago, which is hard for me to believe, my wife and I were on an episode of House Hunters on HGTV. We'd been big fans of the show and saw an email address after one episode uh, sometime in, I guess, 2011. And uh, we were just starting to look at purchasing our first house. Um, Kathy wrote in, uh, we talked to a producer, we got interviewed, we got selected, uh, and our episode aired in May of 2012. So we were thinking about having a watch party and then we thought, started thinking, um, what if we come across really bad? Like, what if they they cut things to make us look like jerks? Um, so we decided to just watch it, uh, just the two of us, um, and uh, and it was fine. It was a really really fun episode. There weren't any uh, concerns that we should have had, um, but it was. Uh, I, I remember having those thoughts leading up to the premiere of that episode. Uh, one, oh goodness, we're about to be. Uh, on national TV and maybe we don't look that great. Um, if you're interested, you can still find that episode online, um, either via the House Hunters ep- ep- uh, website or uh, through Amazon Prime, which you, it may be, you may have to buy the episode. But uh, we were season 62, episode 10. The title was Quirky in Virginia. So uh, <laughs> you'll see uh, a younger uh, Adam and Kathy um, on there if you were so inclined. Uh, there's a lot of fun details about the filming of that episode that I would be more than happy to talk about at another time uh, if anybody's interested. Well, that's enough for this week. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, come back next week uh, where we will start the first of the player interviews kicking off with the current Fling Golf world champion, Ken Pitlick. Uh, you're really going to enjoy uh, getting to listen to Ken uh, as well as uh, the other players who will be featured in the upcoming weeks. Future of the Fairway is produced by Adam Copeland, recorded via the Riverside.fm platform, edited and distributed via Anchor.fm, and can be accessed wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor on Future of the Fairway, please contact us at fotfpod.com slash contact. If you have any ideas for upcoming episodes or any questions, please use the contact form as well to submit those. Till next time, happy flinging.